Oh, hey, girl. It's Tess Rouse and Christina Beattie. We're the co-hosts and creators of Authentically Wild. A podcast that may literally transform your understanding about life, relationships, and your healing journey. So get ready, girl. Shit's about to get wild. For centuries, astrology was at the heart of science, medicine, philosophy, and magic. But in today's modern world, many of us only interact with astrology by way of our horoscopes. Experts in this field, like our guests today, believe that the stars and the study of astrology offer boundless insight, well beyond our sun signs. In today's episode, we're going to dive into a deeper understanding of astrology and birth, otherwise known as natal charts, and how they can impact your understanding about yourself and your life's purpose. Hello. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I love when our guests even do the hey. <laughs> Part of the show. This right? is an exciting one. So for any of you listening, you get a treat today because we have on the one, the only, <laughs> my sister, Ooh. Emily, Emily Fair. She is... Well, I know her as my sister. She's an amazing mother to three little humans that I love with all my heart. She is a partner. She is a friend. She is an astrologer. She is one of the most intelligent people I know. And Mm. she will research the shiz out of everything. Similar to our friend Tess here. Yeah. (laughs) You guys align very well. (laughs) And she is going to be teaching us about not only the importance of understanding your birth chart when it comes to astrology, but also how it can really help you navigate your own journey, help you teach you more about yourself, help you understand your past, your present, your future, all of that good stuff. And it's just so exciting to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you ladies. Honestly, listen to your podcast uh, for lack of a better term, religiously. So uh, yeah, I'm just very, very excited to be here and chat with you guys today about this. Mm-hmm. So let's, I mean, Tess and I love to do a good little dive in right away. Like, let's talk about how spirituality all began for you, right? Like, what has your journey looked like? And how did it bring you down this path of wanting to help others on their own journeys in such a, you know, specific way with, with natal charts and all that beautiful stuff? Well, um, so if I'm going to be honest, I kind of feel like my whole life has been a spiritual journey. Um, mm-hmm. I, without sounding, you know, corny, I think I was just one of those people that came out of the womb asking about God, you know, I, it's just always been such a driving force for me. Um, And if I'm being totally honest, it hasn't always served me in the most practical of ways, uh, you know, in the ways that society might deem as desirable. Um, My search in spirituality um, has taken me to some incredible highs, but also to some indescribable lows as well. Um, But it's all been to propel me towards my life's purpose, which, I mean, I truly believe that our life's purpose doesn't have to be um, a doing or a succeeding at something. You know, our purpose can be as simple as, you know, to love others or to, to to make music or to create in general, you know, Um, and I I believe that my purpose in this life, my greatest purpose is to seek connection with the divine or God or source or spirit or whatever you feel comfortable calling it. You know, that's what I'm here for. You know, I remember being super young, um, maybe four or five and asking my dad, you know, what is God? Um, And I remember going to, you know, a friend's church in like the fourth grade and bawling my eyes out during the the service because of the immensity of what I felt in my heart. Mm. Um, I remember being 14 and asking my dad about aliens. And, you know, Mm -hmm. he said something to me that I'll never forget. Um, 
I asked him, you know, do you believe in aliens or, or what's out there? Do you believe in anything, you know, out there? And he said, you know, so kind of went off on a tangent. He says, you know, dogs are colorblind. And I, this is such a dad analogy. Like, right. And I was like, okay, dogs. (laughs) Sure. Um, he goes, dogs are colorblind, right? They don't just not see color. They don't comprehend color. They don't know they don't see color. They just see what they see and they go about their lives. And he said, so if we can perceive color and, and they don't even know that it's a thing that they can't see, then what are we not perceiving that's out there? Mm. And mm. that was just, that blew my mind uh, at the time. Um, you know, and then, you know, when I was 17, I discovered poetry and I decided, well, I, that's my God. Poetry is my God. Mm. And, you know, then I grew into adulthood and it always felt like I was finding the answers, but that would lead to more questions. Mm-hmm. You know, there was never a point where I was like, oh, I'm done. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just kept seeking and seeking and, you know, that search in that search, I found both light, but also dark. My journey has taken me all over the map from Gnosticism to Buddhism, to Hinduism, to Satanism. Uh, It's taken me from hedonism to nihilism, you know, from the new age to, you know, Germanic paganism, Christ consciousness, like girl, I have, (laughs) I have touched it all. Um, And, you know, from, from both the heinous and the sublime, it's all brought me to where I am now, which ironically, and also thanks to some chats I've had with, well, with Christina, but also with others in my life, it's brought me to no longer seeking externally for that, which I now know has been within me all along and within all of us, the gem of all sacred gems, as they call it, the knowledge of God through self, internal alchemy and acceptance of, you know, the inherent divinity within and how that relates to me wanting to help others on their path or or my, now where I found my, find myself working with people and with clients with their birth charts and their, their natal charts, you know, much in the same way that I always sought externally for answers. I also Mm -hmm. always projected externally. So (laughs) like, I've always known that I've wanted to be of service, be good be the light be useful to you know the world in some sort of way but I always went about it in this very sort of preachy soapbox this is what I've learned and you will hear me kind of Mm -hmm. kind of way lo and behold that's not very well received by people Mm -hmm. people don't want to be told what to think and what to believe or what you think and what you believe necessarily right and I think it just it took me a long time to realize that it doesn't really matter what truths I have found because the truth is both objective and subjective It's funny because when I found astrology and, you know, when I discovered my birth chart, it was, I had this moment of everything shifted from what can I find out there to what can I find within me and how can that help me move forward and how can I work with that? And that is sort of the basis of what I do with my work now and why I work with others now is because, you know, it's anyone can go to a lecture, anyone can Google something on, on the internet or watch a YouTube video. Um, There are so many people out there with incredible information. Um, But when you have someone who can work with you in a way that is so personal to you, it's just, it can be so much more impactful, you know, than just learning something. I feel like I could go on with like a million questions of what you already just said, Emily. <laughs> like one, I think we need to point out the fact that I think you're a seeker and I think that that's okay to be like, and I also find it funny that you, 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 you sought outside of yourself. And I think that that was probably part of your journey to land you into astrology. And I also find it funny because I would say astrology out of all the things I have also researched myself, is probably the one where I was like, oh yeah, this will be easy. 
and then you open up the astrology can of worms you're like holy like this has been studied for centuries and centuries and they're like it's never ending so you have found mm. yourself in the right field because as a seeker i think that's something innate to you I think it's how you're going to apply it that's different here, where you're learning more about yourself and helping others to do that as well, like to uncover deeper within themselves while using this medium and this tool of astrology birth charts, which it's mind blowing. Like I bought a book once and then I had to close the book. So I was like, I'm not ready. <laughs> it's just too much. Like it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, thank goodness there's people like you who it's just innate and you, you resonated and you found this like home within it. Because I think for, you know, the modern day person starting to learn about astrology, when you find out it's not just your horoscope and it's a hundred other parts of the, the planets and the stars and how they align and where they were and, it's it's mind blowing. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that that journey that you went on, I think landed you right where you're supposed to be. A hundred percent. And it's you totally nailed it, Tess. Like the the funny thing about astrology, I had the exact same experience as you in that it started with my own birth chart, as it always does. I was reading my own birth chart and I was like, this'll be simple. <laughs> and then I actually started, you know looking things up and Googling this and Googling that. And it was like, my mind was like swimming with, and I also got that. It's just like you said, I I am very much a seeker. Um, And so I had that, that sort of adrenaline rush of like, Mm -hmm. Ooh, I'm a deep dive into this. (laughs) It was so exciting. Um, And honestly, like every, every single day that I, you know, do studying for astrology. Cause I still like, I will always study. I'll be a forever student of astrology, no matter how many natal charts I've read or, um, people I've worked with. Um, every single time I sit down to study or read about some aspect of astrology, I'm learning something I did not know before. Wow. It's endless. Well, okay. So this is funny. You guys are like geeking out on this and I love it because you guys are both <laughs> such big researchers, but For me, I think this is maybe why it feels like such a big thing that maybe feels hard for me to tap into because my ADHD right away is like, whoa, like (laughs) this is a lot and I don't know which (laughs) path to take. There's so many different ways you can go with this. There's so many different paths you can take with this. So keeping that in mind and for listeners here, because you do deal with a very specific part of it, right? Mm -hmm. Can you give us an idea of like, what, what is it that you do? Like, let's say you're with a client, right? What would that look like in terms of what you do? What are birth charts and why is it useful for somebody to understand this? So first of all, I will say that your birth chart or your natal chart, you can use the phrases interchangeably. They mean the same thing. Um, It's basically a visual representation of where the planets, I mean, and you can say planets and luminaries or planets. And I mean, I'll just say planets as a general umbrella term. Um, where the planets were at the moment of your birth. So this will always include the sun, the moon, Venus, Mercury, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Neptune, Uranus, and Pluto. But it also it also can include other certain asteroids and or um, important points, like mathematically speaking, mathematical points, um, like the moon's north node and south node, for example, you know, those aren't heavenly bodies, but they're significant points on a birth chart, you know, depending on what type of astrology you use and how deep you want to go, you know, there are, oh, there are so many different types of astrology. Um, the, the kind that I have studied the most and that I currently use with clients is called Western tropical astrology. And I use the, there's also different house systems, which just sort of means it's just a part of the way your chart is set up essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, and the house system I use for any, you know, astrology nerds out there is whole sign. Um, there's different types you can use, but that's the kind that I work with. So needle charts really provide us with a snapshot of the energies at play and how they were sort of filtered down to us when we entered the world. And every natal chart is completely unique and honestly can hold, I would venture to say, infinite information about your inherent strengths and your weaknesses, your karma and your dharma 
your personal potential, your connection to the collective energies, and just who you came here to be. And when I work with a client, what I typically do is I will get their birth information and I will spend some time on my own looking at their chart, reading their chart, kind of gathering my, the, the points that I want to cover, you know, like you guys have already said, natal charts, there's so much there more than can be covered in a single session. So mm -hmm. I kind of like to do it in layers, a first session, there doesn't have to be multiple, but a, a single session or a first session would really cover what I call the basics, the things that you probably want to know right off the bat, maybe any specific questions the client might have um, that they want to know. And I sort of just go over, you know, their, their placements. And I always like to talk about any unique or um, anything, any unique aspects, placements, or anything I consider specifically relevant or important for them to know. And if we have sessions after that, we can dive deeper. We can get into um, aspects. When I say the term aspect in this regard, I mean astrologically, an aspect being an angle that two planets make to one another. And so, you know, for example, you might have your sun in Capricorn, and that might mean one thing, but your sun in Capricorn conjunct with your moon in Aquarius is going to affect both your moon and your sun and where they are in the houses. So there's just a lot of layers there that you can unpack. Mm -hmm. And I really like to take it um, sort of one layer at a time rather than focusing on a planet. I'll focus on, you know, the first layer for lack of a better term of the entire chart and how that applies to their life. So interesting, Emily, for, for our listeners, can you explain your understanding of how planets and everything else have an impact on the strengths, weaknesses, abilities, things you covered? Like, is it an energetic kind of response that, that governs us? Like obviously in ancient times, they would use astrology to like predict the harvest and things like that. Like in like a Coles note version, like what's your understanding of like how the planet stars actually can create this birth chart that has meaningful impact to like how we show up in the world, how our views are our purpose. Yeah, absolutely. This is actually one of my favorite, one of my favorite sort of mini subtopics in the topic of mm. astrology is how does it work? How is it possible that where the sun is in the cosmos has any effect on how I show up in the world, in my life, in my, how does it have any effect on me? Right? Well, to my understanding, um, and I'm not a scientist, but it's my understanding that light is energy and the sun mm -hmm. and the stars create light. And that light is, I mean, it reaches us, right? We go outside, we can feel the sun outside, right? The warmth and the light. And that is energy and that energy carries imprints from where it comes from and also, also what it moves through. And mm -hmm. so the placement of if you kind of look at the planets as, you know, in ancient times, um, a lot of cultures saw the planets as gods or saw gods as personifications of the planets or vice versa. And so if you kind of look, if, you know, the saying as above, so below, or as without, so within, you know, and you, I feel like that's from the craft, my favorite movie ever. <laughs> that's a classic. <laughs> the witch in me, the witch oh, in yeah, us, girl. in all of us. Of course, we all love that movie. But so that saying is so applicable here because I really like to see the universe and the cosmos as a giant body mm -hmm. or as a, as a being, a conscious sentient being. Mm -hmm. And like we are conscious sentient beings in mini form, mm -hmm. um, we take in the energy that reaches us from the sun and from the stars mm -hmm. and it, it, when we're born, it sort of, it sort of creates this imprint in us hmm. of the energies at play in that moment. And it, and it depends on where you're born because the, the placement of the constellations, like for example, what's on the horizon in the Northwestern area of the globe versus the Southeastern area of the globe, the horizon's going to look different, right? So that's why your, your town or your city of birth is relevant because it does change sort of like the settings, I guess. But yeah, it's just that idea of 
you know, if you look at your eye in the mirror close up, it looks like a nebula in in the universe if you look at you know the veins in a human body they resemble the veins in a leaf on a tree mm. and there is so much about us in physical form that directly mirrors our universe the the macro micro you know so that's kind of you know without getting into the chemistry and the physics and again I'm not a scientist um so I've read it but I'm not so good at explaining you know in scientific terms but that is how I really see it is that we are just like a small little copy of the universe and specifically our energy is like a mirror of the energy at play when we came into the world fascinating mm-hmm. I love it and so people listening because I feel like again this is such it's funny like we're starting very macro now going micro, 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 even now just talking about birth charts, it's so macro. So let's go a little bit more micro here for a second for people listening. And is there like certain things that they should know about? Like, I know there's like, you know, the sun and the moon, like what's your moon, what's your sun, what's your rising? Mm -hmm. Are there certain things that they need to know that are like quite pertinent? And I'm sure you'd say all of it, but (laughs) Yeah, I would definitely say all of it. That's me though. Um, Yeah, well, all of it, like you said, all of it can be a bit overwhelming. So I would say if we're talking about sort of the most important parts of a a birth chart or a natal chart, honestly, it depends entirely on the person and the chart itself because each one is unique. So, you know, some people might have stronger energy or more significant aspects um, between certain planets than others. You know, someone's son might have aspects to several other planets and another person's son might have no aspects, mm-hmm. um, depending on where how their chart is laid out. So, so it is very specific to each person. But that being said, um, the most sort of basic or I would say like commonly sought pieces of a chart um, can be summed up with what I call someone's big three. And that is their sun sign and sun placement, their moon sign and placement, and their rising sign, um, which is also known as your ascendant. And your ascendant or your rising sign, like we know the sun is the sun, the moon is the moon. Your ascendant or your rising sign is actually not a planet. It is specifically the constellation that was on the horizon when you were born. And a little fun fact I like to tell people when I'm talking about, you know, their natal charts or astrology is that our sun sign, which is the sign we know ourselves to be, you know, if you're looking in the newspaper, you're where it's like, oh, you're Sagittarius, you're Capricorn, that's your sun sign. That actually has only been considered sort of the most significant part of, of maybe your personal astrology in very recent times. Like, maybe the last roughly hundred years or so, give or take, um, before that and all through, you know, the ancient world and across cultures, because astrology is, is, goes across all cultures. Like there's Vedic astrology in the East and there's just all types, but your, so your rising sign or your ascendant used to be the most significant piece of your chart Mm -hmm. that used to be what someone might identify with or what someone would most identify with. And it wasn't until, you know, like I said, the last hundred years or so, I can't remember who it was, but they, they were writing, it was sort of the first astrology column in a newspaper. And they realized that most people didn't know their exact time of birth, but they knew the day. And so if you don't know the exact time, you, you can't really know your rising sign because it changes every couple of hours, but your sun sign is the same for the month. So to make it easier for people to access and for people to get into, they just did it on people's sun signs. Ah. Um, Yeah, but it's not actually, I mean, depending on who you talk to, I definitely don't think your sun sign is the most significant piece, but it's one of the top three, I would say. And you've spoken about, so so to, to help people out even a little bit more here, what's like one thing that you would, so with your three big or the big three, What would be some way to like understand what those each represent? And I know that's probably layered, but like, you know, I think you, I, I'm trying to remember a conversation you and I had once 
where you're like something about, yeah, your son is more like your personality as a child or so can you give everybody for the big three, just like what it kind of is a snapshot of or could represent? Yeah, absolutely. So your sun sign is like you said, your personality. It's sort of your outward expression, not so much as a child, um, but more so who it's more so the energy that you move towards as you go through your life. Mm. And it's maybe the way you come across to others or maybe the energy that you really learn to embody as you, you know, in adulthood more. Um, but it's definitely your external personality or the way you interact with the external world. Mm. Um, your moon sign is basically the opposite. It's the, it's the, you know, the yin and the yang. So the moon sign is your internal experience. It is what you want to experience from the world. It is the energy that makes you feel safe. It is what you seek in others, what comforts you. Um, and it's also describes just your inner experience, you know, your, your feeling experience as opposed to how you show up. And then your rising sign, there's a bit of a debate on different aspects of what your rising sign signifies, but generally speaking, it is more relating to your inherent energy, especially in childhood, maybe the way you were as a child or the way you are um, maybe when no one's watching or um, when you're not necessarily interacting externally or internally. It's more sort of like, I think it's more sort of our natural um, unconditioned energy. Like authentic self in a sense. Yes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> I'm literally <laughs> looking. I'm like, what is my inside? Oh, I have yours right here. I have yours right here. <laughs> I feel like probably <laughs> listeners are like right now, like, okay, what's my son? What's my mood? Right? <laughs> I think that's also why like the horoscope and the column has stuck around so long, despite like various opinions on the matter of astrology and scientifically how it can form someone's personality or have an impact on it. It's like people, I feel like everyone listening has at least read their horoscope once and they something resonated with them where they were like, oh, okay. It's almost like something people do in secret too, I find. Like they're like flipping through the, the paper, like where, where is that column? And they kind of read it and like, it's like a secretive thing because they almost like, I don't know why there's shadow around like wanting to like dig into that. For some, I think it's definitely changed in the last number of years. Like people are seeking as much guidance and knowledge as they can to understand themselves which isn't that crazy that for i think we definitely used to do this and then somehow we got away from it like think of the human body like a machine like you you don't just drive a car without knowing how it works or like how you press the brake and the accelerator yet like as humans we have like very you know little understanding of like our nervous system astrologically energetically how all of this happens it's crazy right yet we're operating these you know bodies every single day so i just think this is fascinating and I think that's why there's this like secretive longing to understand more from so many people so people are definitely googling right now moon sign <laughs> yeah but 100%. It, it, I think that's so true and like it's funny because I think also part of I think part of the reason that some people maybe don't um don't connect with maybe horoscopes that they read is because they are based off our sun sign and again like I don't think our sun sign is as significant as we are kind of as it's kind of made out to be. Um, I think if people actually read the totality of their birth chart or had a reading of their birth chart, they would just sit back and go, wow, that mm. is like chilling how accurate it is. But there's, so I love that we're talking about this because similar to what you just said, Tessa, now, Emily, what you have touched on, there's power in this. There mm. is power in understanding ourselves at our core and like what makes up who we are and what makes us tick. And there's this empowerment found in this process of going inwards. And for so long and still, and Emily, I know you'd have tons to say about this. Society doesn't want us to have that power because then we don't become dependent on the system. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, there's shadow around this. Talk about the witch wound. Because mm -hmm. women have had this intuitive power since the beginning. Women were the source mm -hmm. of, I mean, Emily, I know you could go on a tangent with this stuff, but 
like there is, and I think, yeah, like, so people reading their, their horoscopes in a scandalous way of like, Oh, let me see, because there is shadow and there Mm -hmm. is, there has been years of stigma around this probably from centuries of being disempowered. Well, and I think too, it's, it's exactly what you said. You hit the nail on the head where I could go on endlessly about this, <laughs> yeah, but I'll you try could. to keep it concise. Um, I'll just say that the powers that be, whomever they may be, um, it's not in their best interest that we own and um, fully step into our power because we mm-hmm. are all of us, male and female, but we are all so incredibly powerful. We have so much spiritual power and personal power, and we are for sure purposely kept from that, um, conditioned to not see it or feel it or know it, um, because it makes us really easy to control and, um, it makes us just kind of sit pretty. Right. But once we are awakened to that, then we become dangerous to people that want control over us. So for sure. And I love, like, it reminds me of the conversation we had with Taylor when we had her on and she talked about this, but in the health and medical field, right? Like it's, there's so many layers to this stuff and yeah, but th- very interesting. So we thought it would be really cool for listeners to get kind of a glimpse into what this could look like um, having your birth chart read or an, an aspect of it read. And we thought it'd be really cool for Emily to tap into our birth charts and tell us something interesting (laughs) yeah Um, listeners might know us well just based on the fact that we vulnerably tell all aspects of our lives so (laughs) hopefully this is either reaffirming for all of you listening now that you've gotten a chance to get to know christina and i yeah Yeah, people will be listening like "Uh aha aha that's so tess (laughs) yeah i love that i'm slightly nervous (laughs) don't worry i i i handpicked pieces that were not too personal uh, mm. to share on the podcast. Although that's what, that's what you ladies do here. Of course, yeah. um, you share the deep stuff. Um, yeah. so yes, this, I'm very excited about this. I have been itching to talk about your birth charts this entire chat already. Can we also um, just know like how big of a smile Emily has on her face? Oh. Like this is her, her bread and butter folks. Like she's like, found her place. <laughs> like when we talk about being in your purpose, yeah, this is it. You guys like I Emily- literally, just so everyone knows, we have a sister chat, Emily, myself, and our older sister, Danielle. And Emily, I just, God, I love you. Because you'll just be like, so by the way, I read something in your charts that I, <laughs> just like a random Wednesday, but it like aligns so much or she'll send us videos about like, oh, you guys need to know this about this. And it's just, you're this wealth of knowledge. Everyone needs an Emily. <laughs> it's the best. That. Well, that's nice to hear. Um, yeah, I, I can't help myself. I, I'm just fully obsessed. It's funny. I actually, I called my girlfriend the other day and like, you know, in adult relationships, we mostly text, right? Because then when you get together, you spill all the beans and the tea and all that. But then otherwise it's mostly texting. So I called her the other day and she answered her phone and she's like, hello. And I was like, I was like, oh, it's not an emergency. I know I'm calling you. It's just something in your birth chart. (laughs) She's like, okay, I'm just working out right now. Like you scared me. Can I call you later? I'm like, call me later. It's not an emergency. (laughs) So good. So I will start with um, Tess actually, because I've been very excited to tell you a few things. (laughs) And because Christina's heard so much about her chart already. Yeah. Um, But so I'm not, obviously not going to do like a full reading. Um, I'll just kind of cover, I'm going to cover your big three. And I'm going to talk about a couple of other kind of unique or significant parts of your chart. Um, Very, very small snapshots. Um, So your big three, your sun is Capricorn in the seventh house. Um, And, you know, I'll get, I'll get more into the houses um, perhaps at another time, but for the purpose of your snapshot, the seventh house is specifically partnerships um, significant partnerships. So like marriage or business. That's funny. Oh my gosh. So your son is Capricorn in the seventh house. So that means that in that area of your life, you bring that Capricorn energy and that's where your, your son aspect of your being really shows up a lot. Your moon is Libra in the fourth house and fourth house is the house of family, 
of, of your childhood home, but also just home in general, your home, your family, and your rising or your ascendant is cancer. And your ascendant will always be in the first house, just because that's the way the horizon works with the houses in the chart. Right. So Capricorn, sun, Libra, moon, cancer, rising. Beautiful combo. <laughs> I love how people are like, oh, that makes so much sense. I'm like, why? How do you know? <laughs> You know, what's funny. It took me a long time to get to the point where I can see it on paper and like understand it just by looking mm -hmm. at it rather than having to look up each piece and then like piece it together somehow. So those are your big three. And essentially what that tells me is that your, your inner, so with your moon being in Libra in the fourth house, your inner world or your feeling experience um, really shows up in your home and your home is really important to your inner world and to your like sort of your emotional life it's very significant to you and mm -hmm. the energy that you bring in to that area of your life libra is well libra is ruled by venus it's an air sign and it's really the sign of justice harmony mm. peace and love and beauty and so what that really tells me is that in your home life you really um, bring this sense of the, not necessarily the peacemaker, but you are like the calming, the calming force in your home. And yes, yes. She's like, she's like the ultimate mother. Like right. I think about her children and I'm just like, oh my God, they're so lucky. Aww. Right. Not, actually, not every day. But, <laughs> but I would say too, that speaks to like, you put a lot of thought into the aesthetics of your home, not in like a showy or surface level way, but just like it's even when I think about when you guys went up to Nelson, like you just it's this warm, comforting home. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Libra's Libra's not really like a show off vibe. Mm -hmm. Like it's not like, oh, I'm glitzy, I'm glamorous, look at all my nice stuff. But it is very much like, welcome to my peaceful home. Mm -hmm. Welcome to my beautiful space. You are safe here. It is mm -hmm. harmonious, you know? Mm -hmm. So it, but it's not like, look at me. It's just like, I'm not flashy. I'm like a neutrals gal through. And yeah. Through. Yeah. That's me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So beyond your big three, I wanted to mention something that I found really significant in your chart. You have uh, what's called a stellium and a stellium is one of my favorite things um, to see in a chart because mm -hmm. it really pinpoints an area of significance. This oh, is, gosh. this is the part that's really going to hit home for you. I think so. A stellium, what a stellium is, is a minimum of three planets in one sign or house in your chart. Um, so this does not include your ascendant because that's not a planet. This does not include mathematical points, asteroids, things like that. It's specifically planets. You have a five planet stellium. Oh, sounds in, big. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's on the bigger side. Um, in Capricorn in the seventh mm. house. So you have a lot of significant focus in your life in the house of partnerships, marriage and business. And the energy in that, so the energy of Capricorn is, I actually find it often misunderstood as a Capricorn sun myself. Mm. Um, we have that in common. Hey, okay. um, <laughs> Capricorns no are often there. Yeah. Right. Capricorns I find are often thought of as like maybe cold or um like ruthlessly ambitious yes. and that that can be an aspect of that energy but there is so much more to Capricorn than just that Capricorn is also I really like to think of it as cheese and wine Capricorn gets better with time it really <laughs> <Yes>, grows <laughs> it really grows into itself okay and and Capricorns often don't display a lot of Capricorn characteristics as children they more mm. often grow into that energy. It's, mm. it's ruled by Saturn and it's, it's considered the sign of time of, of ambition. Yes, but not necessarily ruthless. It can mm. be ambition for self-growth. It can be ambition. doesn't have to be material at all. Right? So what you bring into the seventh house, the area in your life of partnerships is really this focused and determined um, attitude of 
orientation to growth and getting better with time. <laughs> My husband will be so relieved to hear that. <laughs> yeah. This is not a phase. It's just how I am. This is You're in it for life. Wow. Um, wow. And the planets, the planets you specifically have there, I'll, I'll, I'll try not to get too much into it, but you have your sun, your Mercury, your Saturn, your Uranus, and your Neptune there. And besides your sun, obviously that's significant. The two other significant planets that I want to mention for you is your Mercury being there um, because your Mercury being in Capricorn in the seventh house really shows, shows up in, for example, this podcast. Um, Mercury is the planet of communication, writing, mm. talking, learning. Wow. So that energy is really focused in the seventh house in your life. And you really bring Capricorn energy to that, to learning, mm. to communicating. Um, I mean, she's and, writing a book right now too. Oh, girl. Uh-huh. <laughs> of course you are. Okay. Yeah. This is very validating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and also your Saturn is there. Saturn's a funny planet. Um, it's sort of like the tough love planet. It is mm -hmm. the planet of growth through obstacles. Mm. Um, and oh like learning, gosh. yeah. And like learning hard lessons. <laughs> um, but it's like, the, it's one of the great teachers. So mm. yeah, just a really interesting, a really interesting part of your chart. I thought that was pretty significant. Wow. I mean, if that's just like the first layer, like I'm like, I'm going to have to digest this for a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's not even including, you know, the aspects that the planets have to each other, to other planets. Wow. And oh, there's so much more, honestly. Yeah. And it's just <laughs> like one part. And it's got me thinking too, Tess, just like you and Tori could even get a reading together. Like, I feel like yeah. you could just go through so like down so many paths of just understanding things on such a cool, like uh, in an in-depth way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like figuring out yourself and then how you work in like an intimate partnership or a friendship or a business partnership for people listening. Right. Like mm -hmm. I think just knowledge is power and like, wow, already. Right. Even just that last piece on Saturn and the hardships piece, like obviously anyone who listened to the last episode would probably be like, Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Like, thanks so much to my higher self for choosing that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Sarcastically. Really, I said that. <laughs> shed a tear when I was reading your chart. I was like, Oh, oh. <laughs> and that it's in the seventh house, which I think you said is, is family relationships, which has been, you know, some people it's like, I don't know, disease or major traumatic event for me. It's always been relationships that either like take me out at the knees or also like fill my heart with love. So it's this, um, it's like this light and dark piece for me. Mm. So yeah, yeah, that, that really house cool. is, is that's probably the most significant house for you in your chart. It's wow. where a lot of your soul's energy is concentrated is in the seventh house wow. of partnerships relationships i feel that's like anyone listening can see how impactful like <laughs> getting a reading like this could be <laughs> and that's just like five minutes yeah, yeah. wow imagine an amazing hour. thank yeah. you emily oh you're welcome wow. thank you and can we just say too like if you're not saying at least multiple times what the hell did my soul sign up for you're not doing this life right like <laughs> You know what yeah. they say? They say that um, uh, that if if you have a lot of um, like obstacles in your life, or you've had a lot of like trauma or a lot of lessons, that it's like it was your soul's way of expediting your spiritual growth. Oh, great, kind of like playing the game on hard. You know, like bigger challenges for bigger. Rewards. I don't want to be on expert level sometimes. <laughs> no, maybe next Just time. Seeing the boss over and over. <laughs> maybe next time we'll reincarnate as like a rainbow or something and just and just be the, uh, the other day was like you know mommy I really believe when we die like when I die like I'm coming back as a bunny oh. <laughs> like, okay that's <laughs> so, yes. so cute so yeah rainbow buddy it seems <laughs> me too Thea yeah that's so sweet next life is a bunny life yeah <laughs> <laughs> just eating carrots and clover <laughs> oh sweet child yeah so cute okay, all right so I'm, I'm gonna Christina. move right into Christina's chart oh yeah so my love um I'll go over your big three first yeah which you already know obviously because I've told you a thousand times no I um, forgot I forgot of course. 
Um, <laughs> that's why I'm here. <laughs> I forget I literally, everything. I'll be sending something in the group chat and Christine will be like, what's my thing again? And I'm like, girl, <laughs> I've literally sent it to you a thousand times. Um, this is Christina. <laughs> yeah. But I will never get tired of telling you. So it works. I know. Um, so your son is in <laughs> Leo in the mm-hmm. 12th house. Of course you're a Leo. I love me some Leos. Mm-hmm. Um, your moon is in Capricorn in the Ooh. fifth house and your rising sign is Virgo. Mm-hmm. So really quickly, just to gloss over what that means, your son in Leo in the 12th house, I mentioned earlier that my, um, I have a lot of planets in the 12th house and that has to do with my connection to seeking God, um, seeking what is hidden. Mm. Um, so your son is in the 12th house. So um, I would say that makes a lot of sense too, given just like your path and where you're at now. Um, And your moon um, is in Capricorn in the fifth house. So the fifth house is all about fun. It's all about creativity. Mm. It's the house of children. It's the house of um, um, like dating and hobbies and the things that bring us pleasure and joy. Um, and so your moon in Capricorn in that sign, or sorry, in that house is a really interesting combination because it really, it really speaks to you bringing this sort of, um, driven energy into your creative and fun side, this Mm. sort of like ambitious, um, growth oriented, sort of better with time vibe in the area of your house that is creativity, your children, um, your fun, your joy, your hobbies, that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, and your rising sign is Virgo. Virgo is the sign of actually, it's the sign of the healer, Mm. but it's a very organized organization oriented, detail oriented sign. And it's very work oriented, like day-to-day work. Um, like very, like Virgos are usually very clean, very organized. Um, and, um, and also very like health conscious is, Mm. is, I should say the archetype of the Virgo. Obviously all Virgos are different. People are, are all individuals and it shows up differently for all of us, but Mm -hmm. that is that archetype. Um, now, uh, a couple interesting things in your chart. Um, okay. So this one's really cool. You have much like Tess has a stellium in Capricorn, you have a different pattern Um, you have what's called a grand trine and a grand trine is basically three planets that form a triangle in your chart. And I'm going to say triangle, (laughs) you knew, um, they form a triangle in your chart. And what makes it significant is not just the angles that they make is like a perfect triangle. Um, but the signs will all be in the same element. Oh, cool. So, but different signs. So, so the planets that make up your grand trine are your sun, Uranus, and actually your North node, which is like a, a, a mathematical point of your And mood. that's a really important one too, right? North node is an important one. It is. I actually have both of your North nodes here. I can go over them if you like in a minute. Um, oh. It's sort of like your, your destiny in this life. Or your purpose. <laughs> Tell me it's together. Yeah. <laughs> no. Actually, it's, it's pretty interesting. There's um, a couple similarities, but um, so anyways, back to your grand trine. So you can have um, a grand trine in fire in like the fire element. So like Leo Sagittarius Aries, you can have a grand trine in the earth element. So Virgo Capricorn Taurus, um, whatever it is, but they're always going to be in the same element. Um, and a trine grand trine generally indicates, um, a sort of an inherent ease with that energy Mm. and, um, and a, an inclination to attract abundance of that type of energy. So yours is a grand fire trine. Oh yeah, of course. I knew you were going to say fire. hundred percent. And so people with grand fire trines are generally people that are go-getters. They are catalyzers. They are almost always excellent athletes um, and really dominate in the physical realm. They have the confidence (laughs) to perform physically challenging or dangerous jobs or or you can't make this stuff up no seriously (laughs) it's incredible um and I thought this was really interesting too because I did I did look up a little bit about grand fire trines specifically for this just to you know I love you you (laughs) um 
something that is really useful for people with uh, grand fire trines is slow practices like deep yoga and slow yoga to help calm your easily excitable nervous system. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Christina's just spent the last two days breathing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, making a lot of sense. Yeah. So, um, and grand fire tr- or grand trines in general can often like someone with a grand fire trine probably doesn't have to work too hard to push themselves. Like not to say that you don't work hard or that pushing yourself is easy, but it's just more of a natural inclination for you yeah. to push through that discomfort or to, to have mm-hmm. that confidence to accomplish those physical things and to be a catalyst for others. So I just thought that was just so interesting. That was in your chart. That's so cool. And astrology. it's like, it makes so much sense. Just, I mean, number one, and this is where I find it. There's this, there's this cross road or threshold where it's like, and then I look at all the trauma I've experienced, which also helps me have such an excitable nervous system. Right. But this is where like the spiritual meets the human because it manifests in the human. Like, it's right. just, I don't know. It, it, I don't know if mm-hmm. I explain that, how I'm feeling it, but this just, just fascinates me. Yeah, no astrology. I, I, I think that you said it really well. It really is this crossroads between the physical and the spiritual because it's, like I like to think of our bodies as the vehicle for our souls, the driver, and then our natal chart is like the map. Ooh, I like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah, it's like but the really, tool. It's like one of the tools we can use because it's not the end all be all, but it is a tool to allow us to get closer to our like to our truth to everything right. within ourselves. Yeah. It's not a dogma or, you know, a list of rules that someone's handing to you saying you need to do this or you need to follow this. It's not only is it completely unique to you, so you're not adopting anything from anybody else, but it's, it's, it's like this spiral inwards. And mm. the more you dig into it, the more into yourself you dig into rather than getting caught up in, you know, this external <sighs> doctrine shall we even say that a birth chart could be a tool or a map to the journey within ourselves. Deep. (laughs) I love it. Elaborate. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, so cool. It's so funny too. I just want to make one last point on your, your birth chart, the, the, the little smidgen we just covered there, but like, Christina, out of everyone I know in terms of doing the work, doing the practices, she's like relentless. Like, yes, it's like she just wakes up. She's like, yep. So today I'm digging into this, this, this. And then I got to do this. And I'm just like, how are you so committed? Like you never waver. You could be like dying of the flu. And you're like, yeah, I did like three breath works. And then I like (laughs) meditated. And I'm just like, I can like barely look at myself. (laughs) So just like today, today I woke up and I got dressed. Yeah, she's like, I saw a healer and then like I wrote an essay on Instagram and yeah. then like I'm just like, wow. And I helped six clients and then that yeah. was just June. Yeah. Like, yeah, and then I, and I have the kids. I'm like, when were you going to like sit down? Yeah. <laughs> so like physically as well in sports and stuff, definitely her as well. But I yeah. almost take that like even just her motivation within herself to do whatever it is she's got like her focus on. Just like, yeah, unwavering. 100%. It doesn't matter. Whereas I've, I'll use the first six. He's like, it's snowing outside. I can't meditate. <laughs> funny when I was when I was um like kind of preparing for this podcast I was thinking about spiritual tools I use or like daily practices I use and yes one of the things I thought to myself was well to be honest my practice isn't really daily or like like when I fit it in well you're too busy reading about astrology and helping the rest of the world so I get it I mean and can we also say you you have three children under the age of six for anybody else who's wondering you are a busy mama. I was just going to say, I like, when I have no one else to talk to, I'm like, to my five-year-old, I'm like, Rowan, did you know that you're a Taurus? And she's like, mommy, I just want a bagel. Like, stop. (laughs) Okay. That is the best. Yeah. Because the other day we're riding in the car and it was funny because we were driving out to the pool and Brad was in the car as well. We sometimes carpool. And Max is like, 
I forget something that happened. And he was like, oh yeah, maybe it'll happen again in another life. And Brad looked at me and I'm like, that's how it is at our house. (laughs) (laughs) We talk about past lives and now lives and future lives. Yep. So funny. It's the best. It's the best. It makes me want to get my kids' birth charts read too, Emily. Like what a cool gift would that be? Like a a birth chart reading. You know what I mean? Experiences. I really love to do groups. Um, so like my girlfriend had a friends miss party like a week or two ago and beforehand I like printed out, I mean, with their permission, with upon request, I printed out all their birth charts and I brought them with me and I had everything highlighted that I wanted to go over Uh... and we just, we just sat around and it was so casual and fun. And I just went over each of their birth charts and they were just like, oh, that's crazy. And they just loved it so much. It was so fun. It was so fun. And I really love doing family charts like so obviously everyone has their own individual natal chart um but you can do so like yours and your husband's or yours and your daughter's or whatever Mm -hmm. and you put them on top of each other Mm -hmm. and you Mm -hmm. find out now instead of the aspects between you know your son and your moon you're looking at the aspects between your son and their son and Mm -hmm. their moon and your venus and you can find all of these incredible um connections and most especially with um, parents and children the Mm -hmm. most crazy what some might call coincidences I don't believe in coincidences um but like you know like you'll often find that you know a kid's moon sign is like their mom's sun sign or their mom's Mm -hmm. rising sign or like something crazy like that it's so wild I really really love doing family charts and couples charts I love it wow so cool Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really signing good. up, Emily. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take up your next couple weeks. Yes. <laughs> so before we actually get to like where people can find you and what you are offering, is there anything that you think is important for people to know that we haven't talked about or mentioned or anything that you want to leave our listeners with? The reason that I so deeply am passionate about working with others and their birth charts is is really when it comes down to it, just knowing how it felt when I sort of had that moment of recognition within myself, stumbling upon, you know, astrology and my natal chart. And just that affirmation and that freeing, liberating feeling of, I have nothing to be ashamed about. Mm -hmm. I have nothing to be afraid of. And the ability to then let go of control of trying to drive my life in a certain direction, Mm. thinking that I should, or that it would be better, or that I'm, you know, maybe missing something currently by not doing something differently. um, That all kind of flowed into just like trust Mm. in life, in the divine, and when I do a reading, I also do tarot readings as well, but we're not, we're talking more about astrology today, but when I do tarot or astrology readings, natal charts, card readings, whatever the case may be, sort of bearing witness to that ignition of the flame within someone else and, you know, seeing the recognition in their eyes or hearing it in their words, like it's just the greatest feeling ever. And And to know that I'm helping people connect deeper into themselves as opposed to connecting with something externally, I think because that's such a personal experience for me on my journey to help others be able to sort of redirect inward is just like, honestly, an honor and a privilege. It's so rewarding. I love that. I love that too. I feel like it's like a gift that you gave yourself that you want to give others, right? And I think there's like a group of people amongst the whole world who it's almost like strategically they choose to go on a journey that they have to almost pull themselves out of. And due to that experience, they're just able to give that gift in such a different way than someone who hadn't. And it's not like I could look at Christina, I think of that. That's, you know, the reason why I do this podcast and writing that book, you as well with astrology, like you want to give people that same relief and validation that you were finally able to kind of come home to and like, that's so beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 
And that's purpose right there. I'm a firm believer that our purpose is so closely tied to our pain and how we learn how to navigate that and alchemize that and learn from it and grow through it. And then when we get to help others with that, that's when we're tapped in. That's like the gem. The that's mm. the that's the treasure chest that you clicked open. That's right? the giant crystal ball Christina yeah. is holding. <laughs> da, 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 da. For anybody who's 100%. listening, I am holding quite literally a crystal ball. Yeah. That <laughs> one of my your fortune. One of my beautiful clients gifted me. It's it's amazing. Um, it is actually so beautiful. I is. just I wanted to say one thing when talking about um, a gift that I gave myself that I like how you're saying that's a gift that I gave myself that I now give to others. We all, you ladies know, we all have that. Like they say that your wound is when you heal your wound, then you can help others heal that wound in themselves. Mm -hmm. And in our birth charts, <laughs> going back to astrology, because it all ties in, there is an asteroid called Chiron, which I literally didn't even talk about today because it's kind of like on a deeper level. Um, and and so all astrology connects to mythology, um, like all the planets and their corresponding sort of like ancient God archetypes um, all tell stories about the energies of that planet. And Chiron in ancient Greek mythology was, he's considered the wounded healer. Mm. And his mythology is all about um, overcoming his pain and his wound and then being able to heal others. And in your chart, that's what Chiron represents. It represents your core wound. And Ooh. Mm, oh, we could get into that. This <laughs> is like us in it again. Uh -huh. <laughs> it represents your core wound. And once you... I swear this is my love language. Talk to me about your wounds. Yeah. <laughs> You're on a first date. And what do you do for a living? And what's your core wound? And what's your trauma? Yeah. Here's mine. I wrote a list. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when you, when you, when you work with your natal chart, you can, I mean, really, you're not really learning anything you didn't already know because it's all about you and you deeply yeah. internally know already. But when you get really into it and get into your Chiron placement, it can really help you work with that core wound. And then you'll mm -hmm. find that you are able to, like you said, like serve that gift to others, return, return, pay it forward as they say. Mm -hmm. So, I'm you intrigued. know, I'll, I'm going to text you after this. Meme, What's my core wound, girl? I may as well just send them to us, Emily. I feel yeah. like you can guess. But yeah. Tess, yeah. you're going to be validate messages from me on Instagram from now on. I'll just be like, and here's your. Am I being added to the sister chat? Yeah. 100%. <laughs> We've adopted another one. Yeah. <laughs> she also has brown hair. <laughs> yeah. She fits right in. Don't worry. <laughs> so <sighs> funny. Thank you, Emily. That yes. was amazing. And I want to, because I know, I know people be wanting to find you. So oh, yeah. what are you currently offering and where can we find you? I, um, unlike all the cool kids, I only have one place to find me on social media. I am um, just on Instagram at the moment. And my Instagram handle is at mama weird, but it's spelled M-A-M-A-W-Y-R-D. And so that's where you can find me on Instagram. And I have a link in my bio where you can request readings, um, astrology and tarot. Currently, I'm offering natal chart readings. I also can do like sinistry readings. So like natal charts of like a couple or yourself and your child or yourself and your parent or friends or whatever the case may be. I would consider that one reading. And I'm currently doing things on a pay what you can basis to make things really accessible because I have been through a time in my life where I really was lost and I was really struggling and I just didn't have, sorry, excuse me. You just don't always have the money for extras, you know, beyond groceries and bills. And sometimes a little bit of guidance or help can really make a difference and you know I've had clients send me their artwork as a payment that was really really beautiful I really enjoyed that um and I've had clients pay me but it on a on a scale you know it's it's been a spectrum and I won't always do a pay what you can but currently that's what I'm offering because that's just what my heart feels called to do mm. so yeah so that's how I'm doing that right now 
um, is just you just request a reading and then you pay what you can for that. I won't always be able to accept all the requests because like you said, I do have three small kids and I also have a day job. Um, so I'm trying to make sure that I only take on what I can, but anyone can request a reading and, um, and, and pay what you can for now. Mm. And if anybody is listening, pay what you can and pay more if you can, because <laughs> you're so good at what you do and you're just so passionate and you're so thorough that I just, yeah, the work that you do is invaluable. And Thank you have you. such a, a beautiful heart. That was very moving and I, I get it. I'm so glad you came on the podcast and I really do feel like this this information is going to help people and mm -hmm. it's going to get people interested for anyone who's never heard of this. I mean, if I had never heard of it, I'd be like, okay, I need to know. I need to know about Chiron and more of <laughs> Chiron. Chiron. <laughs> is he almond? Is he out there to date? Cause like that would be a partner. I'm telling right? you. I think All that's called hunky. a trauma wound, Christina, if you find your Tyron. <laughs> All those hunky heroes, they're all out there for us in some yeah. form. Hunky heroes. They're within us. They mm -hmm. are actually. They are all of the archetypes. They're all within us. They just that's play a, out differently for each of us. That's a whole other episode right there. But. Yeah, for sure. But thank you, Emily. We're so glad that you came on. And um, and yes, for anybody listening, we'll also put Emily's information in the show notes so that you can contact her there as well. And again, if you enjoyed this episode, if you found it helpful, leaving a rating, leaving a review is always so helpful for us. It gets the word out there. It helps other people hear more of the podcast. And that's why we do this, is mm -hmm. to help and support and let you know that you're not alone. Thank, thank you everybody for, for listening on your podcast, ladies. Yeah, thank you. Our pleasure. Experience. And thank you for everybody for listening. We hope you have a good day. Bye. Bye.